I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Meanwhile, I just saw this video from earlier today in Texas. One of the most massive single groups we've ever witnessed, said Bill Malusian of Fox News, crossing illegally at the border in Eagle Pass. Texas right now. The line of people went so far into the trees, it's hard to get a count. Hundreds upon hundreds. Coyotes guiding them through the water as they cross the Rio Grande and come into the United States. And we live in a country where we just don't stop that from happening for some reason. No, we, we have a wide open border. Clearly. Uh, so um, maybe more on that later. Maybe a little more on Ukraine as the Atlantic has a big piece out saying Russia has now crossed over into being a full on terrorist state. And the world should treat them as such. Uh, to that point, using energy as a weapon, which you know is fair game to, to be fair to German, uh, to Russia, but uh, Russia's Gazprom cannot guarantee the operation of the Nord Stream natural pipeline to Germany anymore. They announced, <laughs> so they shut it down for maintenance on Monday. With Germany and France saying, "Yeah, we're we're kind of counting on the fact that they probably won't ever start that back up again," and turns out that's true. Yeah, it's a war, and and many countries are involved. Not uh, exchanging uh, artillery at this point, but certainly exchanging economic artillery. Does it spread beyond that? Who knows? I don't know. Ah, uh, what's that? oh something you uh, you said back to the border situation? Uh, I am prepared. I'm, I make this uh, sincere offer to the Biden administration as as one of the more significant uh, talk shows slash podcasts on the scene these days. I joke, Eddie co-host and prepared too renounce criticizing the Biden border policies and the chaos it is unleashing if you will route some of the illegal immigrants to the following list of restaurants. 
which I will furnish you, and or golf courses or other businesses that can't get any help, and so I can't get a seat, or things are falling apart, or the poor beleaguered owner can't hire anybody. Again, if they're going to be poured into the country, I am willing to be silent to to prostitute myself and abandon all my principles if you will route them to my favorite restaurant. That's a controversial take. <laughs> Unbelievable. How are all these jobs open? Well, we've talked about that many times. Uh, so, uh, let's see. I'm looking at the list of clips. What we'd like to do is feature, uh, partly just for fun, some of the testimony of Pat Cipollone during the January 6th uh, hearings. The, the, you know, he gave his dis- deposition behind closed doors and they did excerpts. And yeah, it's, it's, there's a, so much phony and posturing in, in that uh, hearing. And it's mostly designed to just so poison the water that Trump can't ever win again, uh, which is fine. And, you know, how you feel about that is how you feel about that. But one aspect of it, I think, I, I wish I were a fly on the wall, although that would make me a fly. I don't want to be a fly. But I wish I could have been there for the insane meeting that Pat Cipollone was describing, in which you you had Rudy Giuliani, uh, the uh, what's uh, what's her face? I can never remember. Sidney uh, Powell. Sidney Powell. That's right. I think was Michael Flynn in there. Yeah, the guy from Overstock.com and presidential staffers and lawyers all yelling at each other in the Oval Office. I think I don't remember if the Pillow guy was in this one, but there are several of these kind of meetings where people were. Yelling at each other, yeah, and saying, you sit down, you sit down, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, just wild chaos. Anyway, uh, we'll play some clips of that uh, testimony for you coming up in a moment after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, the best home security system you can buy in many, many ways, which we'll describe. But you might think, okay, so it's like the gold standard for home security, so it's going to be more expensive. No, that's why Simply Safe is so fabulous. Monitoring plans are affordably priced at a dollar a day, no long-term contracts or hidden fees. No long-term contracts. Most security companies, you got to sign a year or two-year deal. I personally know somebody who signed a two-year deal with a with a security system they don't use, don't like, but you're locked in for two years. That does not happen with Simply Safe. They don't need to lock you in because they know you're going to like it. They've won all kinds of uh, reviews as the best security system out there, even when it's priced at about a dollar a day. With no contract, and you set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. Simply Safe offers comprehensive protection not only against intruders and burglary, and it does a great job on that, but against uh, fire, for instance. 24 7 professional monitoring. Simply Safe's agents take action the moment a threat is detected. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Use our code today. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. That's go, that's uh, again, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Pretty bad inflation news out today. We'll have more on that next segment, including how the stock market is reacting. All right. So, uh, what what clip do you think we ought to start with? Um, da, 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 da. I mean, they're all kind of related to the crazy meeting. Whatever blows your skirt up. Yeah, I haven't heard all of them. Uh, you want to start with the thirty-five? Yeah. Why not? Did you believe that it was going to work? That you were going to be able to get to see the president? Uh, without an appointment? Power. I had no idea. Uh, in fact, you did get to see the president without an appointment. We did. How much time did you have alone with the president? And I say alone. You had other people with you, but right from his aides before the crowd came running. Uh, probably no more than 10 or 15 minutes. 
was in that... I bet Pat Cipollone set a new land speed record. All right, that's a good setup. So Sidney Powell and Giuliani and, and others were attempting to convince Trump about uh, election fraud and that sort of thing. And then she says, I think Pat Cipollone set the land speed record in getting to the Oval Office. Here's where Pat Cipollone describes what happens when he arrives. 36. I got a call either from Molly or Hirschman that I need to get to the Oval Office. So that was the first point that I had recognized. Okay, there was nobody in there from the White House. Mark's gone. What's going on right now? I opened the door and I walked in. I saw General Flynn. I saw Sidney Powell sitting there. I was not happy to see the people who were in the Oval Office. Well, again, I, I don't think they were providing. Well, first of all, the overstock person, I, I've never, never, never knew who this guy was. Actually, the first thing I did, I walked in, I looked at him, and I said, who are you? And he told me. I don't think I don't think any of these people were providing the president with good advice. Uh, and so I, I, I didn't understand how they had gotten in. Before we roll on with uh, the, the the meeting, is what what were what was Rudy Sidney Powell the Overstock guy? Any of those people? What were they? What was their deal? Did they believe this stuff, or were they just what were they trying to accomplish? Just uh, they just wanted to be in the inner circle with the president of the United States, which I can understand that. That's a really interesting question. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it might vary from person to person. Uh, uh, uh. Getting the endorsement of Trump gets you a loyal audience, a loyal constituency. Uh, so I, I could certainly see them just doing the standard uh, wanting to be a close hanger on thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them might have believed some of what they're saying. I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. All right. So anyway, uh, so well, uh, Sidney Powell didn't believe it enough to, like, go on Tucker's show and explain the whole thing as he asked her to do, for instance. Right. Yeah, good point. So Pat Cipollone gets into the meeting, says, who the hell are you, <laughs> etc. He gets acquainted with the uh, Overstock.com guy, and uh, then he describes uh, what happened in 39. Yeah, I remember the three of them were really sort of forcefully attacking me verbally. <laughs> yeah. um, Eric... Derek and we were pushing back and we were asking one simple question as a, as a general matter. Where is the evidence? So, What response did you get when you asked Ms. Powell and her colleagues where's the evidence? A variety of responses based on my current recollection, including, you know, I can't believe you would say something like, you know, things like this, like, what do you mean where's the evidence? You should know, yeah, things like that or, you know, a disregard, I would say, a general disregard for the importance of actually backing up what you say. Facts. <laughs> I find that hilarious. That's a good response if you're ever, if you know, if you're ever uh, making up a story. What do you mean? Where's the evidence? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where can the evidence be found? How dare you! I can't believe you're even bringing this up. Yeah, yeah. How crazy. And then uh, I have—I actually haven't heard forty uh, about how the meeting ended. I've read about it, um, but uh, why not go ahead? Let's hear it. Oh, and before we get going, I just want to say uh, I have heard 
like Grateful Dead shows recorded from the audience that sound fantastic. How did they, how did they not have better recording equipment? You can barely understand the guy. That's that's a decent question. Yeah, this is the twenty first yeah. century. Bootleg tapes from some high dude who was in the back row who had a little microphone attached to the bill of his hat because he was doing something illegal, and it sounds great compared to this. <laughs> this is one guy in a deposition for a congressional committee. And it sounds like it's an undercover mob tape from 1971. You could go to Guitar Center and buy a microphone for 30 bucks that would give you as clear as you're hearing my voice right now, audio yeah. quality. I don't know. What What the hell? Haven't said that. Here's how uh, uh, various people, uh, four different people, are describing the end of that, that crazy meeting, including Sidney Powell, uh, Rudy Giuliani, and others. Go ahead with 40, Michael. I mean, if... if- it had been me sitting in his chair. I would have fired all of them that night and had them escorted out of the building. Flynn screamed at me that I was a quitter and everything kept on standing up and turning around and screaming at me. And then at a certain point, I had it with him. So I yelled back. Either come over or sit your effing ass back down. The president and the White House team went upstairs to the residence but to the uh, uh, public part of the residence, you know, the big, the big parlor where you can have meetings in the conference room. Yellow Oval. They call it the Yellow Oval. Yes, exactly, the Yellow Oval office. I always called it the Upper. Um, and I'm not exactly sure where the Sydney group went. I think maybe the Roosevelt Room. And I stayed in the cabinet room, which was kind of cool. I really liked that. All my, all by myself. At the end of the day, we landed where we started the meeting, at least from a structural standpoint, which was Sidney Powell was fighting, Mike Flynn was fighting. They were looking for avenues that would enable, that would result in President Trump remaining President Trump for a second term. So General Flynn was yelling at uh, Trump's lawyer, Cipollone, calling him a quitter. And at some point, Cipollone said, effing well, sit I down. I think it was Hirschman said, either come over here or sit your effing hiney down. In other words, you know, you want to fight me? Let's do it. <laughs> oh, or sit the, the, the F down. Oh, boy. Wow. And craziness. That, and that was the voice of wacky Rudy Giuliani there talking about, I kind of like being in there. Nice room. And I was in the cabinet room all by myself, <laughs> just sitting there, taking selfies and sending them out to my friends and thinking, I'm the cabinet. I'm the secretary of everything. I'm the secretary of defense. I'm the secretary of state. I'm all the cabinet. Look at me. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, boy. Ultimately, what's going to come out of this? I don't know. I mean, I know I know people personally who are really hoping for a prosecution to come out of this. I still don't think that's very likely that it goes down the track of trying to prosecute Trump. The governor of Maryland, Hogan, the other day on, I think it was Meet the Press, said, Hogan. I don't think the country can handle that, you know, prosecuting a former president and dragging us through that. So I, I just find it unlikely that's going to happen. So if that doesn't happen outside of that, what are we doing here? Uh, what are we... Uh, reminding people before the election is that what the hope is i think that's a major part of it yeah sure i feel like i know exactly what happened that day and who's responsible i feel like i've known that since that afternoon but that's just me uh text line 415-295-kftc have you heard about the inflation we'll tell you about that armstrong and getty 
Armstrong and Getty Show. This is probably what's happening, Phil, is that some protesters, that is so dangerous. That is absolutely gracious, Phil. They must have swung out there within moments of Betiel getting there. Uh, I remember this happening in the 80s with the great French cyclist Bernard Hinault. And he rode through them, punched them all and kept going. He said, I'm sorry, I don't care what your protest is. I'm a professional cyclist and I'm doing my job. There you go. You got more protesters gluing themselves to the road at the Tour de France. That has become a thing, hasn't it? What are they protesting? I don't know. There was a tape that made the uh, rounds in conservative circles the other day of uh, those uh, protesters sitting blocking traffic. And the guy was a parolee who said, if I don't get to my job, they're going to put me in jail for 20 years or whatever. He said, I've got to get to my job. Give me one lane. And the protesters said, not until President Biden declares a climate emergency. And the guy ended up getting in trouble for assault because he tried to drag him off the road. Oh, boy. Tell you what. I tell you what. I tell you what. You sounded There's a little like. I'd like to do to people I'd like to name. You had a bit of a Rodney Dangerfield feel there. Really? I tell you what. I just tell you, I, I, I can't get no respect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so inflation, uh, the numbers for June came out 9.1%. If that sounds like a high number, it's because it is. It's the highest number in 41 years. Moving up. Yeah, prices were up broadly across the economy with gasoline far outpacing other categories with an 11.2% gain. Core pricers, a measure that strips out food and energy, increased by 5.9%, which is also a really high number for core inflation. So there you go on that. Gas prices are filtering down, though, quite a few days in a row, right? Sure. I mean, that's that's not to say that's not a horrifying number. but um. And Joe Biden is going to take credit for the fact that the gas prices have gone down. Whatever. Um, so this is likely to seal the deal, says the Wall Street Journal, on a 0.75 point rise in the interest rate from the Fed. Another historically giant leap up in the interest rate. So that's just, just going to happen. So what are you going to do about that? Brought you the story yesterday that LeBron James had said something quite controversial about the WNBA star that's being held in Russia. LeBron said... I'd be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? Which is not something you want to say if you're a giant brand making money off of Americans, probably. Plus, it's just idiotic. And it's idiotic. So he cleaned up that comment by saying, I wasn't knocking our beautiful country. Okay? Sure sounded like you were. Yeah, he said, I was just trying to sympathize with Brittany Griner and how she must feel. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff that we need to cover. Uh, what's going on in Ukraine? Elon and Twitter. How much trouble is he is? Man, those new pictures out from that super fancy telescope. Awesome. Mm. The Uvalde video came out yesterday. Quite a bit of controversy around that on a number of different levels, and it's just sickening. The whole thing is sickening. On a lighter note, science says being hangry is real. I'd say it's real. Was any, Don't was get hangry at me. Was there any doubt? Armstrong and Getty. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Biden's first trip to the Middle East since taking office has been panned even before it begins as likely to deliver few returns. No major strategic deals are in the works, be it a promise from Riyadh to produce more oil or normalize relations with Israel. And the White House is apparently so leery of an awkward photo showing the president shaking hands with the man U.S. intelligence blames for the murder of a U.S. journalist. He's abstaining from handshakes for the duration of his time abroad, citing coronavirus. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan hedging on those reports. In terms of the precise modalities, I'll leave that to the folks who are actually organizing the trip. The what precise, about the precise modalities? That's what I was just wondering about, and he right. beat me to it. The PMs. Right. Uh, handshake, fist bump, uh, three stooges wave. Uh, what are they going to go with? I don't know. you got to admit, if he <clears throat> shakes hands with MBS, who he said he was uh, a killer... Biden said he was a killer, and we were going to, uh, what's the term they always use uh, when you're trying to get a country to be, uh, you know, not like on the world stage? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to push him off the world stage and all that sort of stuff, and now we're going over there. Yeah, that that handshake would have been a huge photograph, so they're going to avoid that. Right, indeed, yeah. And it's a quandary for reasons that I'll get into. Everything Jackie Heinrich said in that report was true. Um, on the other hand, there is some interesting stuff happening in terms of surrounding and opposing Iran. Um, Israel is working together with the Gulf states in a way it never has before. Uh, for instance, there's this drone program where Israel and, uh, and the Arab states in the neighborhood are working together using U.S. technology and the U.S. is kind of a middleman to identify and shoot down Iranian drones when they're sent to attack various uh, states around the region. So uh, Biden will, and I think in my tribe I'm supposed to say everything he does is stupid and useless, but um, 
that alliance, that set of admittedly uncomfortable alliances, is uh, is coming together in a way that's really important to counter Iran. Yeah, we have to be on either Team Iran or Team Saudi Arabia. Those are the two poles of the Middle East, and we yeah. obviously are not on Team Iran. So, yeah, we're on Team Saudi Arabia. It's just it's just the way the world works. Grow up. Well, and the realpolitik of it, it has always been true. With a regime like the Saudis, you've got to side with them, for the reasons Jack just made clear. And you just wait for a more enlightened leader to come along. You just hope sooner or later they get their act together. Meanwhile, you got to hold your nose and form an alliance. Uh, now, it would not be a great Grampotus Biden trip overseas without a gaffe or two. Here's the first major gaffe. I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Vashem to honor six million Jewish lives who were stolen in the genocide and continue, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust, honor those we lost so that we okay, never, ever, ever forget. Yeah, poor that's, guy. That's that it. The, the, the honor of the Holocaust when he meant horror. Am I, he's an old man. He misread He's a really, really old man, and uh, we all know that story. It's just, I think everybody's going to be as tired as Joe Biden's feet about this story um, by the time we get to, I don't know when, November, that just everybody's in agreement, right, left, and center. He's, he's old. He's past his prime. He can't be the nominee. He can't be president anymore. We all agree. So let's stop talking about it and move on to now what? Yeah, yeah. I just, it, it's funny that, like, the words have magical powers. You can't say that he's not running until after the midterms because then he'd be a premature lame duck. But he's the, there's a duck. It's limping badly, and it can't fly. But everybody says, no, that's a perfectly fit duck. Why does that make a difference? I don't get it. I just saw a headline. Here's a stupid story for you, but Britney Spears ran out of gas on one of LA's busiest highways last night. And uh, <laughs> so she's there alongside the road out of gas. The cops came and got her to safety because it was late at night. And wow, come on, Britney. Yeah, you're, you're, you're crazy rich. You got you to gotta have somebody who can make sure you got enough gas in your gas tank. To get you, you there and back. <laughs> you got Hell, people. your people have people. Or glance at the gas gauge or something. Yeah, have somebody. Yeah, it's just, wow. That's that's unfortunate. You know, I'm not saying she ought to be under that conservatorship no. of her greedy, no. lying dad or anything, but maybe she is just completely inept. Yeah, because that's, that, that's weak if you're any 40-year-old. But if you're an extraordinarily wealthy 40-year-old, <laughs> try not to run out of gas. <laughs> yeah, wow. Late at night in L.A. Yeah. And let's see. What do we have time for? How about, uh, wait a minute, where is that? Uh, new study says being hangry is real. Okay. Um, is there any No need for that. Was there no anybody, need for that study. Was there anybody doubting that? <laughs> no. If you've ever dealt with certain human beings who may or may not be my offspring, you would know it's real. Oh, and so terrifying. Uh, I would like to mention this. So CNN, which has gotten much better at not like uh, having uh, hyperbolic headlines, they did in print at their website. Worst variant is here. They put variant. They put worst variant in quotes, so they're quoting somebody else. But it was still their headline: "The worst variant is here." Talking about the new BA five variant, which is now the dominant COVID variant in America. Well, Nate Silver. Uh, who looks into all this sort of stuff, uh, he tweeted out, the infection fatality rate is likely to be much lower from the BA5 than previous variants. 
A lot of that is because immunity acquired, blah, blah, blah. Calling this the worst variant is badly misleading. So I like him calling out CNN or anybody else who would make that claim. Still trying to scare us with variants. That's really, really weak. Uh, Mentioned the 23-year-old dude, of course, who has taken a selfie and fell into Mount Vesuvius. Mm. Had to be rescued. Got a different young uh, early 20s dude. he, He had to be rescued or he was rescued. Yeah, I say you leave anybody... Trying to take a selfie who falls into a tiger pit or a volcano or the ocean or whatever. Gets gored by a bison. Mankind has just got to let them be. Let it turn out the way it's going to turn out. Uh, Men in their early 20s do lots of stupid things. I know I did. It's amazing that any of us survive our late teens, early 20s as dudes. So this guy fell into Mount Vesuvius. He's okay. This guy is not. This is in South Africa. He drank an entire bottle of Jägermeister in two minutes. Guess what happened? He died very quickly. Hmm. Wow. It's part of drinking challenge, though, Joe. And if somebody challenges, what are you going to do? Are you going to say no? You're going to be a coward? What are you, wussy? Exactly. You drink the entire bottle of Jägermeister in two minutes and drop dead right there. Holy crap. You know, somebody pointed out that the word intoxicated means you've taken in a toxin. And indeed, alcohol is a poison but if you just take a little of it, it makes you feel funny. But keep in mind, it is a poison. Feel funny, feel angry, feel horny. Depends. Want to fight some guy? Yeah, it depends. Um, the realignment of the political parties just came across some interesting information we ought to mention. Um, talking about the spicy times. The parties are completely reshuffling what their core constituency is, and I've got the data to prove that, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mr. President, what's your message to Democrats who don't want you to run again? They want me to run. Two-thirds say they don't. Read the polls. Read the polls, Jack. You guys are all the same. That poll showed that 92% of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. A majority of Democrats say they don't want you to run again in 2024. 92% said if I did, they'd vote for me. Interesting the way his mind works. I mean, he's been a politician at a high level for... Longer than many of us have been alive. <laughs> and, 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 and even with his declining mental state, he had that poll stuff in his head yesterday uh-huh, sure. and was ready to spin it the most positive way. So that's the poll that came out the other day that said two thirds of Democrats don't want him to run again. Only a quarter do want him to run, which is extraordinary. But he picked out the number, which is true that if he is the nominee, 90 plus percent of Democrats said they would vote for him, which so, is a very practical politician way to look at it. Sure. Now, him getting in the guy's face for saying something. You're all those, the same. Look at the polls, Jack. <laughs> you want a push up contest? I'll meet you out beyond the barn. Whoop your ass. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you what corn pop got a yeah, full of. Don't let me make me get my apology, Jane. Uh, yeah, but that was that was pretty good pushback from the old man. I, I think he was too aggressive for a for a guy asking a question just based on you know a New York Times poll. It's not like it was Fox or something. Um, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Hey, you're all the same, Jack. <laughs> he, he does an old man. <laughs> Um, Get off my south lawn. <laughs> uh, Josh Kraschauer uh, tweets out, and he's a guy I listen to now, and then this is a big deal. For the first time in the New York Times national survey, D's had a larger share of support among white college graduates than among non-white voters. It's becoming more white, Ooh. the Democratic Party. A striking indication of the shifting balance of political energy in the Democratic coalition. So breaking that down a little more to make this simpler to follow. Democrats are becoming the party of upscale voters concerned more about issues like gun control and abortion rights and becoming whiter. And 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 so the Republican Party used to be kind of the upscale, the country club crowd and all that sort of stuff. Um. The party of upscale voters and whiter, the Democrats. Republicans are quietly building a multiracial coalition of working class voters with inflation as an accelerant to the whole thing. So that's, I mean, that's quite the reorganization. 
Yeah, you know, a lot of that is image and, and doesn't or shouldn't reflect reality in the past, especially because, you know, free markets are better for everybody up and down the economic scale. Um, and the Republicans were for a long time, you know, really into free markets and restrained government. But yeah, it's, it's remarkable the extent to which the Democrat Party, the Democratic Party is becoming the suburban, woke, white, affluent party. Um, reading this from the dispatch, it's been a while since Congress and the White House have had to function in a world of high interest rates, and they are not ready. According to Brian Reitel, who writes in the National Review, the latest CBO budget baseline conservatively assumes that the average interest rate on the federal debt rises to 3.1% over the decade, which is just 0.7% above what it projected last year been for inflation and interest rate interest rates have been growing. This is around the topic mm. of people have been saying for years, man, if interest rates ever go up again, our national debt is going to become a really big problem. It's already a really big problem, but an even bigger problem. Even that modest forecast, which is short of reality based on the inflation numbers that came out today at 9%. Mm-hmm. Uh, even that modest forecast shows that a decade from now, the $1.2 trillion cost of the annual annual federal interest payments. That's right. We spend one point two trillion a year in interest payments on our debt. You ever been uh, had a maxed out credit card, and you got to make your monthly payment, and you realize you're paying down the principal at like ten dollars a month, and the other three hundred bucks went to interest. That's yeah, that's oof. what we're doing. So that one point two trillion dollar cost will exceed the defense budget. We'll be spending more on interest on our debt than we spend on national defense, and we spend more than anybody in the world, practically everybody added together, and represent a record 3.3% of the economy. It's never been that high before. And that is the rosiest scenario of a strong economic recovery, low inflation, no new spending expansions, and the 2017 tax cuts expiring as they're expected to do. What if interest rates surpass the CBO's projected 3.1% rate a decade from now? which I think they probably will, each additional percentage point would cost the federal government $2.6 trillion over the decade and an extra $400 billion annually. That's an extra $400 billion for each additional uh, percentage point. Wow. It's just amazing. Wow. You know, I'm reminded of our favorite saying, or certainly one of them of the last 10 years or so that you brought to us, that if something can't go on forever, it will end or it will stop. And we couldn't keep spending like this forever. Uh, the great Rush Limbaugh, before he passed, said, hey, there's just no constituency for fiscal conservatism anymore. I wonder whether we are about to uh, run head on into reality and uh, and we'll rediscover the need for it. I don't know. It's one of those things. It reminds me of like uh, you got a relative, say, Hunter Biden, and he is absolutely cracking up on drugs and hookers and wild living and 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 you know the only way it's going to end is if he hits bottom and you just hope he doesn't die i I just i fear that our national finances could be the same oh and speaking of hunter biden the 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 reams of material that are coming out about him and his lifestyle and his financial dealings and all are just they range from just kind of prurient and oh my god that somebody lives like that to significant politically to like significant national security wise it's the full range of this is just fun and holy cow that's dangerous to the country and we'll feature some of that in hour four if you can't hang around grab the podcast armstrong and getty on demand at what point does anybody other than fox the new york post and am radio talk about it i wonder
if there's a tipping point on that. So here's a tragic story. You got a guy who killed his fishing buddy. They're out fishing together, and he kills him. You wonder how? Why would one guy kill his friend when they're fishing? Well, like deliberately murdered. Yeah, him? Yeah, murdered him. He's been arrested yeah. for murder. Uh, he they were noodling. What what particular fishing is that? Oh, that's oh my god, catfish noodling, where you go in with, with your fist and you put it in the catfish's gullet and you pull the thing out on your arm. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> And is there a, is that like an extra challenge or easier or I don't know I don't remember there was I don't know what is it this is, ask the catfish um uh or I, I remember there was a show about it catfish noodling we're gonna get me some fish on one of the so-called learning channels about a decade ago so he uh strangled his friend to death could be because his friend wouldn't stop summoning Bigfoot <laughs> he says. I did not see that coming. No, well, of course you didn't. What summoning a- Bigfoot. <laughs> how do you how do you summon Bigfoot? Yo, L- Bigfoot, look, come over here. Look, I told you to shut up about Bigfoot. I'm not <laughs> kidding. You go back to noodling. You stick your arm back <laughs> in the water. You stick your arm back. In. Look, I am not kidding. Shut up. All right. <laughs> Yo, Bigfoot. Here, Bigfoot. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Actually killed him. That's a terrible story. He may be uh, under the influence of something they say. So I don't know if he's high on meth or whatever, but he says his oh. his friend was summoning Bigfoot to come and kill him, and that's why he had to kill his friend. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe some drugs were involved there. Summoning Bigfoot to come and kill him. Hey! Shh! Knock it off! What are Bigfoot. you doing? Kill Davey, Bigfoot. I summon you to come and kill my friend. Hey, Bigfoot, he's right over here. Get him. Wow. Stop See, that! that. Is... You stop that! <laughs> I'm not Some... kidding! That, you, you need better friends. If A, <laughs> your buddy is summoning Bigfoot to kill you, or B, your buddy's willing to kill you over doing that. <laughs> yes, you both. That's the weird thing. One of them's alive, one of them's dead, but you both need better friends. Yeah, wow. One of you is a murderer, and the other one summons mythical creatures to commit acts of murder. Well, if both of them believed what they were doing, and they were both on drugs, obviously, but then the the murderer was uh, just defending himself. I mean, that's legit self-defense. His friend was attempting to summon the Sasquatch for murderous aims. Get away from here. Yeah. Quit telling Bigfoot yeah. to kill me. You better quit. I'm going to get a leprechaun to gouge your eyes out. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to get the tooth fairy to punch you right in the junk. And loosen your teeth. <laughs> wow. That is an unfortunate afternoon. Yeah, that is. A, yeah, that's an un, it's, yeah, right. It's a fishing trip gone awry is what that is. <laughs> I gotta send that. I gotta get a link to that story. I gotta send that to my son. <laughs> oh, good He's, Lord. Uh, he he lives in Oregon and he and he hangs out at the hippie uh, festivals and stuff. And and he loves the Sasquatch obsessives. He thinks they're the the f- most fun people in the world because <laughs> they're so completely dedicated. To yeah, him. sure, man. Hey, yeah, beautiful hair. You get a Bigfoot hunter who believes the Earth is flat, and you just got a a fun guy right there. Wow. 
Stop summoning Bigfoot. <laughs> so if you ever miss an hour of the show, and I don't know why you would, you can get it as a podcast. It's called Armstrong and Getty On Demand, and it's available wherever podcasts are given away, sold, streamed, whatever whatever you do with podcasts. Distributed. Wherever you find podcasts. There you go. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. We appreciate you listening. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.